0: fashion and creativity forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends follow them on instagram at forecast salon or find them online at forecastsalon.com. as this podcast goes to air we are heading into the last full moon of winter it's a super full moon in virgo virgo is the powerful earth sign of the goddess beautiful unto herself This energy is a reminder that we each carry a gift waiting to be discovered. The key is feeling good enough to share your gifts with the world without fear or hesitation. So often we don't feel worthy or ready to share our magic with others and end up hiding it away. Virgo's energy in its highest light teaches us that we are always ready, always worthy and perfect as is. When this full moon comes in, it's time to release your fear of making a mistake and instead take a leap of faith. The full Virgo moon provides you with an opportunity to detoxify yourself of any thoughts or beliefs that are not worthy or capable of greatness. It's a time to shed layers of conditioned patterns that tell you you are not good enough. This full moon is a chance to free yourself from the weight of perfectionism and transform every mistake into a powerful lesson poised to help you evolve. Perfectionism is an energy drain. It's a way that you self-sabotage, allowing fear to come in, even when you want something really bad. We all do this. We create energy drains, we give our power away, and then we wonder what happened. Does this sound like you? If so, you're just the person for my next master class where I'll be talking about these energy drains, the saboteur, the people pleaser, the martyr, attracting narcissistic people into your life, the perfectionism, and what you can do to stop the drains and monetize your energy for your dreams to come forward. Learning tools and techniques on how to hold energetic boundaries will shift your energy. You will begin to notice how you can stand up for yourself, say no and feel good about it, Pull your energy into you instead of giving, giving, giving it all out. This masterclass will be an intimate group of people, sensitive souls, empathic, intuitives willing to open up and make some shifts. Click on the link in the show notes to get the information and sign up. And if you're ready to jump right into learning about your gifts and talents and how you can bring them out into the world, schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me. And let's talk about how my programs can help you. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about this idea of bringing your magic forward. We all carry wisdom from our ancestors and we can tap into that wisdom to help empower our lives instead of being caught in stress and struggle, energy drains and giving our power away. My guest today is Sterling Moon. Her new book is called Talking to Spirits, Modern Medium's Practical Advice for Spirit Communication. In this episode, we talk about mediumship, folk magic, ancestors, healing, cleansing, the paranormal, haunted houses, house clearings, entities, guides, ghosts, and embracing the wisdom of your gifts for spirit communication. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, breathe, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can close your eyes, taking a nice deep inhale, expanding the breath all the way up the body and exhale, pulling that breath all the way back down, slowing down. Inhale, expanding the breath all the way up the body and exhale, pulling the breath all the way back down, calling in your energy, Calling in your spirit. Feeling that alignment of your spirit right on top of the physical body. Taking another deep inhale. And exhale. Dropping into the heart. Right into the very center of your heart. Feel that connection of your spirit with the greater spirit, source, creator. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved and supported feeling all this energy coming in around you, taking another deep inhale and exhale, as we take this moment to notice where we are in this great wheel of life. Here we are coming to the very end of the winter season. The winter is where we go deep. We bring in that wisdom of our ancestors calling in the directions for guidance and protection to the north, the east, the south, and the west, above us, below us, Ride right into the very center, calling in deep into your heart, setting an intention for this full moon coming in. Notice what you see and hear and feel, and allow these elevated emotions of how you want to feel to radiate out from your heart, all around you, setting that energy out there for you. Taking another deep inhale and exhale, grounding, centering, opening that third eye, feeling aligned and as you're ready, blinking the eyes back open, coming back. My guest today, Sterling Moon, has communicated with spirit since childhood and began officially practicing mediumship in 2016. She has been reading tarot since 1995 and teaching divination skills since 2013. She is the house reader at Ritual Craft Metaphysical Shop in Colorado and offers her skills online through her website. She is also apprenticed under Johannes B. Gardbach, an internationally respected healer, teacher, and spiritual worker of Swedish folk magic. So let us welcome Sterling to the show. Welcome, Sterling. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am so excited to talk to you and congratulations on your book, Talking to Spirits. How exciting. I'm. Um, it's pretty awesome. It's kind of, you know, realizing childhood dreams for sure. There you go. Awesome, awesome. So let me just ask you, like what led you to write this book right now? You know, a lot of it was because I
1: spent quite a bit of time when I realized that I had some gifts with communicating with particularly spirits of the dead, but also spirits of the natural world. I was self-taught and just doing my best to figure things out and eventually was very, very fortunate to, to fall in with some wonderful teachers. But I basically set out to write the book that I wish I had had when I was starting to explore how to use these gifts for just how to do something
0: constructive with them right and confirmation that they were real (laughs) the gifts right that too that's it yes yeah so let me ask you i've had several guests on the show talking about mediumship how do Mm -hmm. you define mediumship well i mean literally the
1: medium is the person that's in the middle between the the physical world and whatever lies beyond that so i'm very um for somebody who does something as like kind of wooey as mediumship, I'm a pretty practical <laughs> realist person. So so there's that. But for me, it is um, the way that I practice is really, you know, of course, I'm use the, the techniques that a lot of mediums do, which come from that spiritualist tradition. And, you know, we do the grounding, we usually do some kind of a circling up and we, you know, call in our, our highest spiritual guides and our highest self and all that. I also, you know, I'm a a folk magician and really the the traditions that I've um, spent time learning and practicing have been the Scandinavian folk traditions that are often called trolldom. And, um, but also a lot of listening to my own gut. And then also I grew up with a family that liked a lot of spooky stuff. And so we would go wandering around supposedly haunted places and I really like, the kind of the paranormal world, the paranormal investigation world. And so I have
0: figured out how to bring some of that into my mediumship work as well. Oh my gosh. I love it already. So many things to talk about. (laughs) So I guess the other question I wanted to ask you about what you've just said. So do you see mediumship as really just talking to the dead or can it be like bring in angels, bring in guides? Is that also part of your practice or? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of like, so what I do with clients for the most part is helping them to connect usually with loved ones who have passed away or connecting with ancestors. Um, However, I do also will, I will have clients who will come in who want to see like, is there anyone who looks out for me out there? And I have found that, um, you know, so for me, that's the idea of like, that we have a spiritual team, we have guides that also walk with us and are accessible to us. But I find that the process of talking with anyone that doesn't have a body is kind of the same, whether it's spirit of the, of you know, spirit of somebody who was a human or an angel or deity or, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of applications right. for sure.
0: Yeah, so I definitely agree with that. And so I think there are many ways to look at channeling mediumship as well. And some people are very clear cut. Nope, just the dead. So it it's really kind of mm-hmm. helps to open up that practice when we have so many different ways. And I love that idea of somebody looking out for me and then you go and communicate and bring that information forward. Yeah, yeah I think that's great. And you do talk about four primary influences, which you've kind of mentioned as you said that, but let's go yeah. through that because I'd be honest, I'm really not familiar with what you talk about the folk magic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So if we look back to all of our families of origin, you know, we all come from usually like, I guess, in any family, there are those little things that we do for kind of so in my family, you know, we have like the certain blessing that we say before meals. And my mom always says, Our family has been saying this for hundreds of years and no one has starved. That's a, that's a folk practice. You know, I'm out in Colorado where we have a lot of, um, I'm, I'm blessed to be around like a lot of folks of Latin origin. And so there's a lot of like folks that like, yep, my grandma, she would have an egg when I'm sick. And so she will, you know, rub me down with an egg. And that's also, you see that in Balkan traditions and Italian traditions of removing, Evil eye, or malintent, or sickness, and then you can read the read the egg yolk once it's cracked in some water. Um, I think believe that you're from the south, so I don't know if uh, Vicks Vicks. I was gonna say that that, jokingly, but yeah, I mean that is it. I'm thinking, oh, we use Vicks, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, we and and you know a lot of like Vicks is another one too. And so when you start like really looking at those like just real folksy traditions that you know, and then you kind of start getting deep into them, a lot of them are also rooted in health and healing and also nature based beliefs. And I have found because in my experience, not every spirit that I interact with is spirit of a dead person. Sometimes they are spirits of the land. And there's just a lot of like folk traditions that work really well with spirit communication, as well as a home cleansing, spiritual hygiene. And yeah, it's just something that I found like the two go together like peanut butter and jelly. And I'm a big fan.
0: Yeah, I love that idea. I guess I never thought about that. Sometimes I look at it as like indigenous or shaman or something like that, that it goes so far back. But I guess it's kind of similar wherever the origins. are. We all from.
1: have indigenous roots. It's just we all come from different, you know, we just have to trace it back of where where did my people come from and and take a look at like, yeah, kind of what were those practices and beliefs back then? And what are the living practices of where we live right now? And there's a yeah, you can you can have a lot of fun with that.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that explanation as well. And then you also talk about the paranormal. Love that sacred spaces, but then you get into the houses. Talk a little bit about that. So I just got done um, having
1: a conversation with one of my most influential teachers. He's uh, He teaches on Scandinavian folk traditions. His name is Johannes Gardbach. And he was saying, he's like, I hate the phrase paranormal. Nothing is because that implies that it's beyond nature. Nothing is outside of nature. And I'm like, Okay. Semantics. But um, so that just keeps like (laughs) bobbling around in my head. So when I was young, my family always loved to go to like haunted bed and breakfasts and things like that. And just seeing what we would experience and like taking pictures. I mean, a lot of like the the pictures that we thought were cool and spooky were really just like dust orbs and things like that. But we did get some that were kind of unusual. But um, I realized for me that that was a way to one, get a better sense of like how these messages would come to me. Like I feel a lot of things in the body. I see things in my mind. I will sometimes, you know, I I have that clear audience where I'll hear things in my inner ear for sure. And um and then also I'm not gonna lie, I love a good gadget. Like I love, I mean I think that any of us that kind of, you know, I'm a a, t- I'm a professional tarot card reader in a professional medium. So I love my cards, I love my pendulums, but I have also learned I love dowsing rods which you can really use mm. when you're out in like a haunted space and just can you show me where where are the spirits located in the space and they'll they'll kind of guide you and then you can also use them for yes or no questions. I do. And I know they are fallible. And you do have to be careful. But I really love anything that detects uh, electromagnetic frequency changes. And so I have one that's called a K2 meter. I love using that. And even in my tarot with my um, tarot clients, because we'll call in highest spiritual guides and highest self and sometimes family members will pop in. And you can see these spikes when the energy changes. I also love having them nearby when I'm practicing magic, because you can see when there's a change. And I don't know what it means, but something is happening. Uh, REM pods are another really fun one where if something they emit their own little electromagnetic field, and if something breaks the field, they'll light up. And so sometimes again, they are very fallible, but you can, you know, when you're communicating with something and sometimes it's just so cool when like, maybe my, like my senses are getting tired or I'm really struggling with, is this real? Or is this just me like make, you know, trying to find that balance of, is this really happening? And then when you get confirmation from this, just mechanical device, I also really love spirit boxes and that's where they, um, you flip very quickly through, like radio frequencies. And I believe there's some like extra white noise that's laid on there. They're originally, they're all developed around something that was called the Frank's box. And that was created by a guy named Frank Sumpton. He's actually from Littleton, Colorado, not, not far from where I live. He's been passed away for quite some time, but yeah, he created something called the Frank's box, which was kind of one of the first like spirit boxes, the ability, the idea that the, the dead can communicate by messing with the the radio frequencies and, Oh, geez. It sounds pretty nerdy when I really
0: start getting going about it, but it's very fun. It's very fun to play. Yeah. I'm actually not as familiar with some of the modern, like the K2 meter. Like I don't know what she's talking about. And the REM pods, I don't know what she's talking about, right? So I think it's oh, fascinating. My. I mean, I know the dousing rods. I know the pendulum. I'm a tarot reader. So I do know those tools. Those are kind of oh, totally. like, yeah, your basics, right? But I'm not familiar with these. How how much fun is that to really actually then see the, the needles jump and the energy move, right? I mean, beyond like goosebumps, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And,
1: and again, like there's, you know, cell phones can set them off walkie talkies and things like that. So you do have to be careful, but it's also just fun, you know, and and I think that's part of it is I'm not like, going out with a very scientific um, attitude of I want, I'm looking for hard evidence. I just out to have a good time and to communicate.
0: So yeah, my phrase is spirit loves amusement, right? So let's have fun. Let's see where we go yeah. with that. See what <laughs> we can learn for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do, I think it's kind of interesting. And I know there's someone here local that goes into people's homes and looks for it and it does house healings and stuff like that. And that's fascinating as mm-hmm. well, too, because I do believe that every home, every land even, you know, carries that kind of energy oh, of what's yeah. been there. Yeah. Do you get into that kind of work as well? Yeah. That's what it, I do. And I, gosh, I
1: have a, I have a place on my website where people can request just like a free zoom or phone consultation, because I do get a lot of um, very frantic messages. Sometimes it just, you know, they break your heart because it's someone who there is something in their home, or they believe there is something in their home. And they're so scared. And for me, because I, I guess I, you know, I was kind of brought up, but with mentors that are like, nothing is outside of nature and you can handle these things diplomatically. I sometimes folks just need the opportunity to like, tell their story and be told like, you're not crazy. Like, I hate the C word, but like, sometimes we people do feel like there's something wrong with them and for them to just tell their story and be like, wow, you know, maybe try this. And sometimes the, the one thing that will just quiet down a haunting is having a conversation, just grounding yourself and saying, hello, I am aware that someone is here, but I live here too. And we really need to be able to coexist. And I would really appreciate it if you did not come into my bedroom and scare me or scare my kids at night, but you are welcome to be here. I I appreciate that you are here still taking care of the place, but please do not let's, let's just have some ground rules. A lot of the times that can just calm things down immensely but then there are also sometimes other people that just want to go in and like get the like I get the evidence and I'm using air quotes there, you know, where they're looking for the little spikes with their devices and things like that. But they're also not trying to improve anything or have a productive conversation. And sometimes that can make things worse. Um, and then also, you know, then there's sometimes you also have people that come in that they just want to aggressively cleanse a home. Right. And that can also that can sometimes make things worse, too, if you just come in and you're like, here's your eviction notice. Let's go. And that doesn't always
0: work well, either. Yeah, I've done a little bit of the house healings with really more, I guess I would say, really house blessings when people move into new homes and bless it and walk around and go and do that. But I don't really do the clearings. I generally would refer that to somebody. And I really haven't had too many encounters personally with the work I do. I would refer them to somebody else. I know, I know my mom comes from Arkansas and I know her brother for a while lived in a home that had it and all the siblings would go and never would stay there they'd all report the same thing so i do know that it is possible and that we can have those and i agree with you on that it's like let's talk to them and let's shine our light and let's like acknowledge it instead of being afraid of it and i think that is sometimes half the battle as you just said yeah for sure well and that's also that's
1: kind of where like the folk practices happen because once you set ground rules and then if some if you don't have the you know, if, if folks aren't behaving nice, you have every right to be like, uh, uh-uh, we're not doing this. And that's where things can get dialed up. and the, There could be some, frankly, there can be some consequences, but in my experience, uh, it's hard because every situation is different, but most of the time, like if you just hear somebody walking around and you're, you know, maybe is, excuse me, is there something that you need <laughs> to starting there? Um, oftentimes that can solve things, but then there are other options if things escalate for sure.
0: Yeah. I don't think I've really ever seen the escalation, but I've seen, it, and I've worked with some clients too that are asking me like, well, this is what happens. It's like, okay, talk to them and see. And then they end up finding messages. It's like, oh, they just wanted to bring a message Are they concerned about their husband that hasn't passed yet or things like that. And I think that, you know, that yeah. communication is really important, but I think not to be afraid is really key. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Fear is, fear usually attracts things to be scared of. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs>
0: Now, you also talked a little bit about entities, when people talk yes. about having entities. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I only know a little bit, and I've kind of like pushed it off, like, well, if you clean up your energy, you can clean up the entity. So I don't know, maybe that's a little bit hardcore and time to do with that. But how would you look at that? Well, I think that there are, again,
1: every situation is different. I do think that one of the best things that you can do to kind of keep yourself safe from spirit attachments. And I will say that, you know, for anyone who does this work or who is very sensitive, we do kind of pick up that psychic debris. You know, it's like lint or dog hair, (laughs) dog hair on a black sweater, right? And so, but we, we tend to know if you're doing this work, the importance of like maintaining your, your spiritual hygiene, you got to clean yourself off and then kind of raise your, you know, raise your vibe again, protect that. But a lot of other people who sometimes don't know that they're sensitive, sometimes, you know, there are folks who are just very open and they could either be very psychically open sometimes, you know, unaddressed trauma can leave us very porous. Um, addictions can leave us very porous and, you know, sometimes mental health challenges can also leave us kind of open. And so in my experience, there are, um, sometimes there are, and when I think of kind of negative entities, I tend to think of them in two camps, which, you know, again, none of us are going to know exactly what's, you know what's, what's right, what's wrong until we kind of move on to what exists out of this plane. But I often will experience what feels like low energy beings that at one time they were human and they were nasty and they don't want to move on to maybe whatever process exists for, you know, some accountability or whatever. And they kind of continue to lose touch with who they are, but they are, they're negative, they're nasty, but they're also fairly easy to clear away um only a few times have i experienced something that i would consider a malevolent entity that has never been human which you know many would consider that to be demonic and that's not something now some people who are interested in the paranormal and the spooky will kind of seek out those places with that hard you know that darker energy like they'll want to go investigate prisons or, or you know close down former asylums and places like that, you know, places where horrible murders and things have happened. That's not usually my bag, but I have had, and I, there was a client that allowed me to share her story in the book where she did have something that was incredibly negative and incredibly nasty attached to her. And it did take some time to clear out. And for her, um, as I mentioned in the, in the book, she, it, it took, it tried to come back several times, but for her, it was maintaining that spiritual hygiene and doing exactly what you just said of making sure that you're like, just clearing out your field, being aware of what's coming into your field. I'm a big believer that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, but sometimes there are folks that they just don't have that spiritual knowledge. And sometimes sometimes, other things can happen. And then that's when I guess like, you know, you and I might come in to to be helpful in those situations to the best of our
0: ability. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess there is a learning application for that or a way of learning from those entities as well when they do try to inhabit us and cleaning up, like you Mm -hmm. said, like, you know, the unaddressed issues, the addictions and mental health and trying to really tighten those up and really work with the energy. I do think it's important. I mean, I know just in the work I do and those that I teach, it's like, we have to show up clean. If we're going to do the work. We have to know what our work is, our energy is in order to then work with somebody else. Because if we're all over the place, we're not going to be able to really ascertain that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, and in this particular, in the, in the situation that I described in my book, I mean, this was somebody who she was psychically gifted, but had kind of like those un what I would call unmanaged gifts. And so for her, it was like learning how to ground and shield and cleanse and be a little bit more mindful of like what she was bringing into her own home and, and
0: yeah, all the things. And so I think that's important for everybody, honestly, (laughs) whether you want to call it or not, but I do, I think it's just as important as, you know, as our physical health, you know, granted that's Uh, the work we do, but I, I really do. I think more and more so it needs to be addressed. You know, I, I'm of the theory underneath other very physical ailments and unresolved emotional issues. So let's get to the root of it. And I think this is part of it, right? Our ancestors, I know, you know, winter is when we do look at our ancestral energy. We do look at what we bring forward and it yeah. is a great time to heal some of that, you know, just in my own work. I know that's what I've done for many years, every time this time of year. I look to my dreams. I just had a dream of my mom. She's passed. And I'm like laughing mm-hmm. in my dream the other night. And it was so fun to see her because she wasn't on her walker and she wasn't ill. And we were laughing. And then I, I had like a leg cramp and I got up out of bed and I realized, wait a minute, my, my mom was there, you know, and I'm laughing, trying to go back into the dream. But I think that's how, so how we access it as well too, right? Yeah. And then it can be fun. I, I really do. And it keeps us in touch with that consciousness that never goes. I, I really believe. Oh, absolutely. It. So the book i is just really loaded with techniques and really ways that you can sit down and really kind of get more in touch with the different ways of really being in touch with you know that that spirit world that we all can really access which i love because it makes it more accessible. It really does instead of like you have to be Somebody special in training and training and training. And, you know, you even admitted right off the bat, like you were, you just grew up this way and then you got training. But I do think training is important. And I think it really helps us to perfect our gifts that we have and know that you can train it. I know I I work with a lot of empaths and a lot of empaths are wide open. And so for them, it's hard to train sometimes until they start recognizing that empath knowledge that they have. Yeah, I can definitely appreciate that. I'm like nodding emphatically. Your
1: listeners cannot see me nodding emphatically. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. And, And you give like the remedies and stuff. So there is so much that you have described in your books. I really do think it's quite valuable all that you've put together. Do you have a favorite client? Do you have a favorite type of energy that you like to work with? Is there like somebody that's just passed? I love,
1: so I think for in general, the types of clients I really love working with are the ones who are just like really open-minded for one. And also, you know, that they're kind of open to whatever comes in and that they are, because there's always, whether it's with tarot or it's with mediumship, there's always like practical things usually like that folks can take and do, whether that's, practical things you can do to like maintain a relationship with this loved one that you've come in to see or practical things to change this element of your life. And you know, the, and can keep it in good contact with your spirit guides. I love it when people take that information and really like run with it. And then they can come back and be like, I just started seeing like, you know, I had a vision of a bird when we were in our session and now I'm finding feathers and that same color everywhere. And I know like that's, and this is what it means to me. And I just love it when people make it usable. And I really love my mediumship students. So I teach, I I teach divination and tarot, but I also teach um, mediumship. And I just, I I really love it when I see students that can get, because sometimes I feel like folks come to like, understanding that they have a knack for this work. And there's a lot of fear that's with it. And so I love it when I see people transcend the fear, and they also start to have some fun with it. Because it is You have to be careful and you have to be smart, but you can also have a lot of fun. I love it when I have students that have a knack for communicating with like earth spirits and elementals, because that's a whole other like ball of wax there. Also need to be very careful because
0: they can be a little wily and But it's really. Yeah, I've had fun with the divas. I I like the divas around my yard. As spring gets ready, you know, go out and feed them and set up little areas for them. I really love that. I talk to my plants, I talk to my garden. So I I really love that kind of work as well. And I think it's just as important, right? That communication makes me happy. Absolutely. So I love it when people,
1: and especially when people can take like spirit communication messages and then figure out how to like apply that to where their gifts are. Like, some students are really good with speaking with plants or with animals or with elementals. And it's just so neat when you see people really
0: lean into what they are I agree. particularly good at. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, I agree. I, I do the aquatic records, but I am a reader that likes to what I call homework. Like let's use this for a healing yes. aspect. Let's just not go up there and play around, which some people do and that's fine. But for me, it's like, all right, let's yeah. look at the imprints. Let's look at where these patterns come from. Yeah. And then let's, you know, use our tools to help us really come through with that healing. I guess because, you know, for my, own self and my own practice it's like learning to do this I use myself right mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's use use your own stuff to help you really understand it then you go and help others but I do think it's a healing modality and I think when we can have those communications yeah. and you know even in speaking to the dead people you know like even having that communication with my mom recently it's like yes it's like just reassuring consciousness is all around us they never really leave us and you know I know I went through like three yeah. years of grief it was really both parents but after my yeah. mom died and it was a lot, but now it's like, wait, you know, they're still there. And then the grief I've had and like really recognizing my own past lives. I was down in Teotihuacan Have you ever been down there? Oh my God, a mm-hmm. beautiful colonial city outside of Mexico City and ancient. And I went there and I had a past life experience where I had lived and died there as a mystic. And it was so huge, but it helped me in so much of that grieving process to begin to let go, mm-hmm. recognizing that our consciousness is always growing and evolving. So I do think there's so many ways to use mediumship, not just for the communication, but for that healing satisfaction of our own heart. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Closure and healing is is a a big part of a, <laughs> a
1: a big reason that especially my clients come to me, and that's always really beautiful to see.
0: Closure and healing. Yeah, I do like that idea, and I do think it's important because we can communicate for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what is your hopes for the book? My hope is that people will read it (laughs) and that,
1: and then also too, that it's just, you know, I just have that, you know, those hopes that someone finds it and it gives them the tools to get started and to feel like, no, I really can figure this out. And this is not something I need to be scared of. And that, you know, that this is just going to be something that is a very useful tool for many years to come it just has was so satisfying to be able to put it together. And I'm grateful to Llewellyn for, for choosing to put it in publication. And I just, I I hope that it's going to help some of the baby mediums out there who are just realizing that they've got some gifts. I hope that it just becomes that little, I know that some of my books that really grounded me and supported me early in my practice, they were like my, like, my like security blankets. And so I
0: hope this, uh, book is a bit of a security blanket to some of the baby mediums out there. I love that. I love that idea. And I also love that you really have put an importance on, as you call it, folk traditions, but even our own family practices, because sometimes we want to just push them away as being silly. But yet, you know, there's a part of us that goes like and goes and reaches for that VIX. My sister and I have a joke about the VIX all the time. But I do think that your appreciation of bringing those forward really can help people to really look into their own history, their own lineage and see what those are for them and bring that forward and honoring their ancestors. You know, one of the things I've always been taught is like we honor them. whether we follow them or not, we're gratitude and honoring what what they have done to bring forward to where we are now. Yes. Yeah. So I love Absolutely. that. As well. Thank you for that. Yeah, I think it's important. And I mean, it does make sense now that you explained it, but I thought, wow, well, I've never heard that, but now I get what you're saying. And I think that again, it gives value to those traditions that we all carry yeah Yeah, for sure absolutely yeah so (laughs) where would you like to direct people to find the book and your work and what's going on you said you teach oh my goodness yes I've um, I'm a busy bee I have a school called the sterling
1: moon divination academy and so I have some longer term programs for folks who want to learn tarot and divination with me um, want to learn mediumship I have a fun in-person event that I hold in October that is um, called Beyond the Veil, Paranormal and Mediumship and Paranormal Weekender, hoping this year it will be in Manitou Springs, Colorado, which is a very fun and spirited place. And I also, uh, my private office is in a lovely metaphysical shop called Ritual Craft in Colorado, and we have a school that's with Ritual Craft. Ritual Craft School and I've been a teacher with them since 2017 and so those are more like the one-off classes usually kind of the 101 style and yeah so those are those are where you, if you want to learn with me those are the places that you can find me for that and my website is the best place to kind of keep up with me and that is sterlingmoontarot.com. and yeah those are and, and where to find the book the, Official publication date is February eighth, And so you can find, um, you can find the book through Llewellyn's website through uh, bookshop.org, ritualcraft.com if you wanted to be able to get it from the shop that I'm lucky enough to work in. And or you hopefully will be able to buy it at a lot of metaphysical books and awesome. or
0: metaphysical stores in your in your local area. Yeah, we have an adorable uh, witch's shop, Ritual Shelter, here in Birmingham, which opened right in the midst of COVID, and it's so much fun. I read tarot there as well. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'll definitely put the links there to that as well. Do you have a favorite tarot deck? Oh gosh, well as you probably know, they all have like such
1: strong <laughs> personalities, and so oh. Gosh, you know, the, the deck that I just always come home to is I just really love the crow tarot. I love crows so much. So that is that's one that I work with a lot. That's one of my favorite client decks.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So as we go to close, Sterling, I like to come back and ask the question, which we have kind of talked about, but just to kind of have a final closure here. How do you feel that the book that you've written and the work that you're doing and talking to spirits can help to empower our spirit right now? The lessons in the book and just mediumship and spirit communication in
1: general can support people in becoming more curious about all the weird and wonderful possibilities that might exist beyond our physical realm. Once you start to like dip your toes into maybe believing in ghosts, you start to really open up a lot of other possibilities of what could be there. And as long as you stay like grounded and, you know, take care of your responsibilities, there are so many fun little rabbit holes and avenues that you can run
0: down. And it just makes the world so much more interesting and so much more fun. I agree that curiosity <laughs> and that openness, it gives a depth to life, right? And I think right now, we it need really that. Does. yeah, I think we sometimes forget at a certain point how
1: to have fun. And I feel like, um, you know, all of us need fun and
0: curiosity. It's yeah. part of It's part of the joy of being alive. I agree. I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And good luck with your book. Yeah. Oh, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. To your spirit. Namaste. Namaste. Yes, we all can embrace our gifts, learn to communicate with spirit, and enliven our lives to live with more depth and more joy for sure. Reach out to Sterling for her book. And if you're ready to create your spiritual practice and train your gifts, reach out to me. Schedule your spiritual upgrade call with me now. And don't forget to get on the wait list for my next masterclass, The Dark Side of Energy Drains, Ways to Stop the Leaks and Monetize Your Energy to Bring Your Dreams Forward. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terri Ann Hyman. To your spirit, Namaste. In the local area, come join us March 7th at Ritual Shelter for a full moon sound bath experience. And on March 18th and 19th, my next Reiki 2 certification will be offered. Links will be in the show notes for both of these events.